Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Ah, I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. (laughs) And welcome to Black True Crime. Period. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Hi, guys. What's popping? We're here for you. You guys, Kristen is back. I don't know if you've missed her as much as I missed her. Actually, a lot of you missed her. My DMs were ringing up a storm, but they still enjoyed Terrell. So that was nice. Yes, I enjoyed Terrell. I listened Mm -hmm. to the podcast. It's probably my third one that I've listened to. (laughs) And I listened all the way through and he kept me entertained, tantalized, laughing. And I could hear the smile, the coochie coo smile in your voice. Kristen, don't dwell on it. And it was just hilarious. It's gross. Somebody commented and they were like... (laughs) My voice went an octave higher. Like, please, friend. Somebody else was right. like, girl, if you don't take that little high pitch out your voice and talk to us regular. I was like, that's what it was giving? I didn't even notice. I was probably just like, I don't know, horny. Who knows? Who the fuck mm. knows? Well, welcome back, sister. You look amazing. Thanks, sis. I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. We missed you too. So to get started with our case today, I'm not going to really like give too much away. It's a doozy it's really fucked up and i found myself furious while i was writing it what a great one to come back to rolling my eyes <laughs> absolutely you need a drink angry orchard oh so sister are you ready to get started i am ready awesome kansas- give it to me raw oh god kansas city missouri is a city most people will live their whole lives without visiting or even knowing it exists but her residents will never forget what happened to their cozy city between 1977 and 1993 and who was responsible for the trail of dead women left behind. Join us as we discuss the walking leviathan known as Lorenzo Gilliard, aka the Kansas City Strangler. Ooh, Kayla, that was an amazing intro. Sister, you know, I did something that I could. Not the Leviathan. I got all types of images. Pirate boats, snakes coming out the water, everything. I know. I know. He is going to be a sight to see. So we'll get to it. (laughs) Oh, and thank you to listener T.D. Weedy for recommending this case. Hey, T.D. Weedy. Thank (laughs) you. Hey, T.D. Weedy. Okay. Lorenzo J. Gilliard was born on May 24th, 1950 in Kansas City, Missouri. Kristen, what happened in black history in 1950? Child, let me tell y'all. So I immediately looked this up into Google, right? The first search that came up after 1950 Kansas City was the black mafia. Let's get into it. It's going to give, isn't it? Yes. So 
From the era, the era of 1925 to 1939, Kansas City really had a bustling nightlife that grew out of the black community. Specifically on 18th and Vine Street, it was lit. Okay. Of course. Now, during this time, there was a very corrupt political leader. He was not elected, but somehow mm-hmm. he ran the streets and his name was Thomas Pendergast. Okay. So Thomas Pendergast made it to where he was kind of ruled over the city's government and criminal underworld. He basically gave the city free reign to sell alcohol, which means what? Meaning there were no arrests that had to do with alcohol the entire Prohibition era in Kansas City because of this guy. Who is he? I don't know. Never heard of him in my whole existence. But those are the ones you got to watch out for, the ones you don't hear about. Yeah. So this helped the Italian and the black mafia in Kansas City kind of gain their foothold. Mm-hmm. So the black mafia, a.k.a. the purple capsule gang, and they called them this because they would peddle heroin out of these little purple capsule pills. They were believed to participate in things like bank robberies, murders, heroin pushing, prostitution, gambling and much more. Damn. So they actually emerged and became leaders in the drug community in Kansas City once the Italian mafia told their members don't peddle heroin anymore. Mm-hmm. Then Black Mafia came um, and picked up the baton and mm-hmm. took off. Mm. The FBI estimated that the Black Mafia was taking in at least 100000 a day from their daily habits. Wow. And they estimated that they were linked to two dozen mob-style hits. So the Black Mafia wasn't playing no games. And I don't oh. know if you guys remember this movie, but there was a movie talking about... Mm, was one of the mafia guys back in the day and it ended with him actually getting popped spoiler alert <laughs> but in that movie they were actually introducing a lot of black gang members gang members that were picking up where the italian mafia kind of like left off and did their own thing wow so that kind of remi- reminded me of this black mafia thing but in this city the black mafia actually stayed close to the italian mafia instead of you know starting a war nice so I think I'll do a TikTok about this down the road. Stay tuned. Thank you, sister. That was really fucking dope, actually. I want to know more about that. Okay, so back to Lorenzo. Hmm. Lorenzo Gilliard Hmm. was born Hmm. May 24th, 1950 in Kansas City, Missouri. Good Lord, Kristen. Blow that picture up. A Brussels sprout. Not even. like a cauliflower he looks like a piece of broccoli yes that's what i'm talking about yes (laughs) it's giving asparagus head lorenzo look like a pip squeak (laughs) yeah well he's gross i'll fucking tell you that just let's get into it we're gonna so he was born in kansas city i didn't find much about his childhood which fucking sucks but i was able to find that the apple did not fall far from the tree In 1970, Lorenzo's father was convicted of assault with rape and was sentenced to only six months in jail. Uh Uh-uh. How did that happen? Kristen, Kansas City is probably the last place on fucking earth I'll ever go. And (laughs) you're just gonna, we're gonna get into it. No shade to our people that are in Kansas City, but fuck's going on with y'all legal system. Yeah. Ew. Mm Mm-hmm. His brother, Daryl Gilliard, is serving life without parole for his part in the murder of a friend during a drug deal. Okay, so his brother is a murderer as well. So it's just all around him. He looks to the left, he sees his daddy, rapist. Looks mm-hmm. to the right, don't see his brother because he's in jail. Got it. Yup. Lorenzo's half-sister, Patricia Dixon, she was 
the daughter of his mother, stabbed one of her customers 11 times during an argument over $35. Okay, this is serious. More serious than I thought. Oh, yeah. It's something was going on in that house. Fuck. (laughs) Evil spirits. Like something real bad. Patricia was working as a sex worker at the time. So that's what I meant by like one of her customers. Mm. And a store clerk actually witnessed the attack and remembers telling her to stop. And she replied, go to hell as she's stabbing this man or this this person. Oh, wow. She was found guilty of assault and sentenced to 11 years in prison. How she get 11 years, but old boy got six months. How do you get assault from literally attempting to murder somebody? Mm, Something's off here. Mm -hmm. She was also charged in the death of another sex worker in 1983, but those charges were dropped. Kayla, they're out here ripping and running the streets. They can do whatever they want, Kristen. (laughs) What are the the police going to do? Family. Yeah, it's it's bad. Okay, it's actually fucking horrible and it's gonna get worse here you go here we go so these are the people he's related to great (laughs) and lorenzo married his first wife in 1968 when he was just 18 years old but the relationship wouldn't last lorenzo would go on to father 11 children with multiple different women he would marry multiple times and he had children outside of his marriages so just all together he was textbook fucking trash bag gross like, ew, I'm smelling something. I was about to say, nasty man. If you fuck with him, your pH balance is off. <laughs> Period. A hundred percent. You need to go to Target, to the pharmacy <laughs> section, to get you something. Something. You need to go sit in something. So get something. <laughs> so, in January of 1969, at the age of 19 years old, Kristen, Lorenzo was accused of hitting a woman he knew in the head with a flashlight, like trying to knock her out, and then sexually violating her. And we know what word I'm trying not to say by saying yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She identified him, but he served no time for that crime. So we should have known because look at his stupid daddy. He only got six months. Six months. I don't even know what the fuck the legal system is. Is it a joke? Right. And uh, next. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to just keep going so you can be horrified more. In the early 70s, he continued to get arrested. And at first it was for smaller shit like disturbing the peace, lying to a police officer. And he spent some time in jail for that type of stuff. But it was like very small. But then he just continued to get more violent and would be arrested on charges ranging from burglary burglary and assault to molestation and sexual abuse. No, Kayla. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. So in 1974, Lorenzo was arrested twice within a six-month period for the R word. First of all, how the fuck could he do this twice? Twice. And you were arrested and he was arrested. Yeah, they took him into custody. He paid, I guess it was like a, I literally saw it was like a $3,500 bond for aggravated rape. And he paid it and was out and then went and did it again. And did it again. This is why they came up with that law where it's like three strikes and you're out. I mean, I've seen that, but I've never really seen it like Like enacted, enforced, you know? I don't know. Someone tell me about that because a lot of people that have done a lot of fucked up shit are still 
out here doing fucked like, up shit. Like dudes have whole rap sheets, like a hundred percent whole ledgers of twenty four felonies. And, and they're out on the street in the grocery store, bitch, behind me. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. So in February 1974, he was accused of raping a 25-year-old dancer. They said exotic dancer, but, mm. you know, it doesn't matter. Near 27th and Troost Avenue. Now, I'm going to say Troost a lot in this case, okay? Okay. It's very notable for this disgusting man. So the dancer picked Lorenzo out of a lineup after her attack and identified his Chevy convertible, but somehow he was never convicted in this case either. I mean, I just, maybe they're not taking these women seriously because there's no freaking way you can continue to rape people and get off. Yeah, it's either that or he's intimidating them so bad that they recant their statements or Mm -hmm. choose not to press charges or, you know, whatever the case is. But either way, these women deserve justice and they didn't get it. Period. In July, he was charged with raping a 13-year-old girl that was the sister of one of his friends. He took her out to the Missouri River where he beat and violated her. Like, ew, you have a problem, you disgusting piece of nothing. All early, like, this is early in his life, too. And you just think you can just do what you want. I mean, he's seen it done. Yep. Yeah, his dad got caught for one, but who knows how many he committed. Right. And he got caught when, what's his name, was already, what, 20 years old? So imagine how much shit he witnessed. Imagine how much mess his dad was spewing out of his mouth to his sons. About women. Yeah, definitely. When pressed by police, he told them that the little girl was lying, but he eventually pleaded guilty to molesting her only and was sentenced to nine months in jail. What are we doing? Kristen, I felt like I was in the upside down, bitch. No, for real. No, because we go over this time and time again with cases that blow my mind. Mm -hmm. You'll find one case where they overdid it and gave somebody life or something like that was, you know, whatever. But nothing compared to something like this. And he gets nine months, nine months, just disrespectful. And for anyone who says trust the justice system, forget you. You don't know what you're talking about. You live in la la land and I don't want to be in the same room with you ever. (laughs) you live in a different world a hundred percent part of me when i was researching this case i think it was the first time that i really was thinking maybe they leave certain shitty black men out Mm -hmm. to do the work that they feel they want to do anyway you know they want to get rid of the population of people that they feel are less than Mm -hmm. in one way or the other so why not let somebody else technically do the dirty work it's all about the victims pay attention to the victims and you'll see who they care about and who they don't in 1979 lorenzo was accused of kidnapping a couple and raping the woman while he held her boyfriend at gunpoint wow yep the couple survived this horrific encounter and even picked him out of a police lineup once again Lorenzo's hairs were even found on the woman victim, but somehow a jury acquitted him of the charges. So he went to trial and he was found not guilty in Kayla. September of 1980. Oh, Kayla, what what hidden stash of cash does this guy have? I'm like, is he a Freemason? Like, you know I what I'm don't saying? Know. Does he have like 
connections in every which way of the third? Like, seriously, you have to ask the question because this is such an outlier. It makes zero sense. And I know that this was a different time. It was an earlier time. But you found hairs, his hairs on the woman's body. Yeah. What are you acquitting at this point? What What can you deny? I mean, you can just say it was consensual sex. I don't. I literally don't know what the defense was in that case. And I would love to know what it was and who argued it because they must have been a sorcerer. Period. Magician. The only thing that makes sense. And it just gets fucking worse. In that same year, he was actually convicted of aggravated assault after threatening to kill his wife at the time. So I think this was his second wife. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to probation for that. So <laughs> no jail time. Nah, yeah. this is sketchy. Mm-hmm. She would later go on to divorce him after two more fucking years married to him in 1981. That's when she divorced him. And a month later, Lorenzo attacked her twice. The first time he beat her and pistol whipped her. And the other time he broke her two front teeth. I don't even know if it was her two front. It just said her front teeth and stabbed her in the arm with an ice pick. He's trying to kill her. I don't know what to say. There is nothing that you can really say. You just have to sit here and think like, this is really somebody's reality. Like, could you imagine even sharing the same breathing space, let alone the same fucking bed, having a relationship with this man? Can you imagine divorcing a man and thinking you're free only for him to attack you twice? Oh, gosh. Like, this is the black version of enough. And Mm -hmm. I'm I've had enough. I've had enough and we haven't even begun. This is ridiculous. He would only be sentenced to actual prison time in November of 1981 when he was found guilty of second degree burglary and was sentenced to four years in prison. <laughs> okay, so mess with the people's money and then you'll get caught up. Break into someone's home, steal their belongings, you go to prison, almost kill somebody twice, you go home. No, that doesn't seem right at all. And... He keeps doing it. So clearly he has no fear. No fear at all, sister. He didn't start serving his sentence for the burglary until seven months later on May 17th, 1982. And this was eight days after the body of Margaret Miller was found. And we're going to talk about her again in a little bit. So even though he was sentenced to four years, he ended up only serving one and was paroled in January of 1983. <laughs> Don't tell me he was a good citizen up in there. Kristen, there were no women for him to hurt, exploit, kill, rape. That part. Mm-hmm. He was out for 2.3 seconds and was sent right back because oh. he violated terms of his parole. So fuck him. Good for us all. <laughs> While at the prison, he made a bomb threat. And was sentenced to up to four more years. So minimum, he would be serving the rest of his three years for the burglary charge. And at max, he'd be serving seven if we include the bomb threat. Bye. 1986, he was out. So he only served three years Mm -hmm. for all of his fucking debauchery. And from outward appearances, he seemed like he was doing better he was calming the fuck down he went and got a job as a maintenance worker at the same trash collection company that his father worked at and he started on the back of the trash truck and eventually worked up to supervisor 
Now, in my opinion, it's clear that he's not really changed, okay? Evil people aren't going to show you that they're evil all the time. Let's be real. He's going to put on a facade. He's going to be a shapeshifter. And that's exactly what happened in this case. According to a company spokesperson, Lorenzo was respectful, friendly, and even-tempered. He'd even go the extra mile to kiss ass and would bring birthday presents, like for people on their birthdays in the office. Mm Mm-hmm. Even his neighbors at the time saw him as friendly, funny, and helpful. He took pride in his job. He had two Mercedes, which I'm like, dang, fuck this guy. He must be getting paid real well. And he had a wife named Jackie at the time who'd stuck by him for years at this point, even knowing what the fuck he was, you know, convicted for. But you get no kudos from me. No. It wasn't until March of 1989 when Lorenzo would hop back on police radar. Not that it's going to like fucking do anything. Mm. One night he was helping a female neighbor load her bike into her car and then invited her over to have dinner. After three or four glasses of wine, he tried to like pull her top down and he said he wanted to see her breasts. Like, ew, no. As you do. She said no, obviously, and tried to leave, but he threatened to kill himself. So he literally like grabbed a knife and then hopped on top of her, like straddled her, held it to his throat and then held it to her throat and proceeded to violate her. Wow. Mm -hmm. Afterward, he let her go and she reported the attack. And on October 30th, 1989, Lorenzo pleaded guilty to sexual abuse and assault, but refused to plead guilty to the forcible sodomy charge. So that tells you how fucked up that sexual assault was wow i also remember reading that she said he was telling him about herself during the like i guess after the attack basically just trying to scare her from reporting it but it didn't work thank god good Mm -hmm. lorenzo was sentenced to three years probation and was ordered to quote seek counseling for his anger issues and his sexual abuse problems no there is something we're missing in this mother freaking story and i need to know what it is well they're not gonna tell us bitch was he mental was there some type (laughs) of mental plea like kayla what is actually going on i think you're gonna see from literally i can't play the clip until the very very end but as soon as i saw the clip of him i was like oh i fucking 100 percent understand why low vibration level people would think that this man was nice or friendly or whatever but you the know fuck. what i knew it when i saw his dog on face he looked like a little pretty boy like a little, little fly on the wall that wouldn't hurt nobody but you got convicted so yeah. if you get another you know case against you they should see the past record i'm yeah. so confused yeah kristen yeah i'm confused too but once i get my private investigator license i'll have more access to these types of things yeah, and case it. records and things like that so that's all period And more of Lorenzo's neighbors started to change their opinions about him as time went on. In 1995, one of his neighbors actually took out a protection order against him and later moved just completely out of the area. Wow. Mm -hmm. She said he was very inappropriate with her making sexual jokes and advances, trying to like buy her shit. So he bought her like wine and he'd bring firewood to her house and stuff. And when she mentioned that he was married, he would just shrug and say, oh, what my wife doesn't know doesn't hurt her ew you're disgusting 
down to his dirty, nasty toenails. I'm about to say he's under the dirt where the mealworms lie. A hundred percent. Things took a dark turn when she started seeing him watching her through her bedroom window. And one day he came to her door in a robe, basically like licking his tongue out and doing like hip thrust. You know how people be like making their dick jump and just nasty shit. And yeah, after that, she was just like, this is not the vibe. Okay. We have to know what you would have done in that situation. (laughs) Kristen, me? Yes, you. If he's flicking his little bean (laughs) up toward me, I'm going to kick it to the sky. I'm literally going to take his balls onto the top of my foot like a soccer ball, bitch, and kick them into his rectum. What are you saying? Like, he's at your door doing the most. Uh, I can literally throw up. I would see you literally opening that door and just straight you hauling your leg into him. I might do a double tap. Oh, God. No, yeah. It would never, like, it wouldn't fly. And he better hope I'm not strapped, bitch. Because this isn't the first time that he's come over to my motherfucking house on this shit. And at this point, we can call self-defense. Because you're on my property. That's exactly what it would be. That's exactly what it would be. And not to mention this woman was deaf, Kristen. So can you imagine the extra layer of like fear that she had to deal with? That's why she sold her whole house. She was like, fuck this. So really, really sad. But I'm glad she recognized that this is not something that I should fucking play around with. Period. So now we are about to get into the worst part of it all. And that's the murders. But before we start, I want you guys to know that in total, Lorenzo was accused of committing 13 murders and he was, and we're going to talk about like each victim, but unfortunately we can't go into detail of every single one because it was just, you know, just too many. Mm -hmm. So at the top, rest in peace to these innocent women, mind you, Lorenzo liked to target sex, sex workers and teenage girls. So from his MO, it seemed like his main motivation was sexual pleasure because he, he sexually assaulted all but one of the victims and all of the women were strangled to death. Mm. The murders happened over a span of years and all in the Kansas City area. Nine of the women were found completely nude and many of the bodies were posed. So I didn't find much information about that, like position or what it may have meant, but I would have loved to, you know, share that with you guys. Mm-hmm. The youngest known victim was 15 and the oldest no. was 36. Wow. So he likes them young. Disgusting. He- I don't even know if he really gave a shit about the age. I just think it was more about opportunity and who he could, you know, get what he wanted from at that time. Well, I feel like I'm surprised I didn't hear an older person in there because usually they are more susceptible to something like that because they're seen as weaker. Well, this he was also targeting streetwalker type of sex workers. So older women may not be actually walking the streets versus mm-hmm. younger women. So... Mm-hmm. All right, so the first known murder Lorenzo committed happened all the way back in 1977 when he was just 27 years old. It was 17-year-old Stacy Swafford, and she had recently run away from home and was working as a sex worker on the streets of Kansas City. Her body was found on April 17, 1977, face down in a vacant lot, and her cause of death, like I said, was strangulation. So that's for all the women. 
I wasn't able to find out how long she was deceased for. And actually that happened for most of these women. But yeah, rest in peace, Stacy. Rest in peace, Stacy. Her mother, Georgine, was inconsolable after her daughter's death and turned to the bottle. And she would later die in 1994 of acute alcohol poisoning. Wow. You see, so. like, you're not just killing one person. You're yep. affecting many, many lives. A hundred percent. 15-year-old Gwendolyn Kazine was found dead, leaned up against a building on January 23rd, 1980. No. She had wire wrapped around her neck and wrists, and her shoes were missing. Gwendolyn was working as a sex worker at the time on Troost Avenue. She was so young. So young. And beautiful. Yep. She was reported missing one day before her death, sorry, one day before her death by her father, even though he knew she'd been gone for over a week. So, yeah, she was probably running from his ass. Mm-hmm. Remember Margaret Miller? Yeah. We discussed her a little bit earlier. She was killed while Lorenzo was waiting to serve prison for that burglary charge. Well, she was only 17 years old at the time of her death, and her body was found in a field on May 9th, 1982. Wow. Rest in peace, Margaret. 34-year-old Catherine Berry was found on March 14th, 1986 at an abandoned building with nylon stockings wrapped around her neck and she was covered with leaves. Wow. So, and at this point, are the police catching on at all? No. The police haven't done anything to put two and two together. They're just, these are just sex workers losing their life. It's a part of the game. Mm. And Catherine was a mother of three, actually. She slipped into mental health issues after the birth of her third child. So she wasn't even a sex worker. She just had a mental breakdown and ended up living on the streets and in homeless shelters. And you're still like easy access for people like this. Yeah, she would walk the streets and ask people for rides and, you know, accepting rides from strangers. So it was just a bad situation. And Lorenzo easily found her as a target you know Mm -hmm. and if you guys are on patreon um you'll see that these women are caucasian there are some you know black girls that have lost their life but some of these women are caucasian as well so he really doesn't have a type he's just killing women right rest in peace Catherine. rest in peace Five months later, on August 16th, 1986, 23-year-old Naomi Kelly was found by a man walking through a downtown Kansas City park. She had a towel tied around her neck and face, and the autopsy concluded that her cause of death was strangulation. Although Naomi was working as a sex worker at the time, she was also going to business school and engaged in sex work to just take care of her and her two children while she was in school, you know? Yeah. She was doing her fucking best, and this man just snuffed life right from under her. I mean, and people feel like, oh, the streetwalkers, they're scum. It's like, nah, no, half of these girls are doing this so they can get out. Because yeah. a, a $12 an hour job is just not enough. No, not today. The same year, 32-year-old Debbie Blevins was found deceased on November 27th near Hyde Park Christian Church. She was found in nearby bushes and was naked except for a pair of pink socks she was wearing. Debbie was the mom of a nine-year-old daughter at the time and found herself on the streets after drugs, you know, took a hold of her life. That shit happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't care if she was addicted to horse tranquilizers. She didn't deserve to be murdered. Absolutely not. And then you disgrace her by leaving her nude in bushes. Like, you're sick. He didn't give two shits. 
On April 17, 1987, 36-year-old Ann Barnes was found near downtown Kansas City, which was actually 10 years to the day from when alleged the alleged first victim, Stacy, was killed. Mm. At the time of her death, Anne was working as a housekeeper and an exotic dancer and a sex worker. So she was just getting a how she fucking lived. Rest in peace, Anne. Rest in peace, Anne. 20-year-old Kelly Ford was found two months later on June 9th, strangled to death in Roanoke Park. She was nude except for a white sock on her right foot. And Kelly was abusing drugs heavy at this time um, and was working in sex, you know, the sex industry as well on Main Street, actually. So Main Street and Truth, Truth, what the fuck is the name of it? Truist? Yeah, Truist Avenue is where he was picking his victims. Over and over again. And nobody suspects anything wrong yet. Nope. Rest in peace, Kelly. Rest in peace, Kelly. Three months later, on September 12th, 19-year-old Angela Mayhew was found face down on the side of the road at 26th and Genesee Street. The autopsy revealed no evidence of sexual assault, but foreign hairs were found on her turquoise sweater and were collected as evidence. Mm. She looks so young. She does. Rest in peace, Angela. Rest in peace, Angie. On November 3rd, 1987, so these last three have all occurred in 1987, 36-year-old Sheila Ingold was found inside a van outside of an auto repair shop on Troost Avenue, she was strangled to death as well and was known to do sex work in the area. Mm. I mean, he's just Kristen. Skip, skip, skip to my loo. And down having a truth. blast while doing mm-hmm. it. No thing stopping him. No fear. A little over a month later, 30-year-old Carmeline Hibbs was found dead in a second-story parking lot at 3560 Broadway. She was only missing her shoes and she was working as a sex worker on Main Street at the time of her death. Mm. This was a Caucasian woman too. So again, no, I guess, specific taste, even though he only has had so far two black victims. That part. Maybe it's just, maybe they're more trusting of him. You know, the white women. I don't know. I I really don't know what the appeal is, but. I mean, word on the street nowadays is don't trust no black man when you out there walking. That's what it is, sister? Yeah, because they think that they're pimps or they're aggressive. Mm, Okay. And last but obviously not least, 29-year-old Connie Luther was found on January 11th, 1993 on a snowdrift. I don't know what that is, but it was near 25th and Allen Terrace. She had a shoestring tied around her neck and Connie, too, was working as a sex worker on Main Street at the time. She'd actually lost her own mother the year before she was found murdered. So just that family took too many blows. So rest in peace, Connie. Rest in peace, Connie. Whew, okay, so we're through the, with the shit that was making our stomach hurt. Okay. We're through it. Good God of mighty. So at this point, Lorenzo has taken the lives of at least 12 women by 1993. And the police were doing next to nothing to stop him. Until in 2001, a detective named Mike Luster or Luster decided to take a second look at the cases after finding that two victims were connected by the DNA found on them. So the DNA was taken from the same person and it was found on two different victims. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. 
getting somewhere. This made him start looking into similar cases in the area and led to over 75 DNA samples being tested to see if there were other connections. And they found 12 victims were connected via DNA to Lorenzo. Wow. And they had Lorenzo's DNA in the system. 12 murder victims. We're not there yet. Okay. But to answer their question, yes. However... They don't find out until April of 2004 that it actually matches Lorenzo Gilliard because they are snail people. I mean, just sleepwalking through life between departments makes me sick. The lack of movement. I know things that take time, but when we're talking about someone out here murdering women for a span of what it was almost 15 years, 16 years, what are we doing? I mean, you're breeding psychopaths. You're breeding people that think they can get away with anything. Yep. So police started tailing him on April 12th of 2004 to make sure he didn't continue to kill before they were able to arrest him on Monday the 19th. That's when they planned on arresting him. So for five days, they followed him and he really didn't do anything interesting. He went to work, then came home, and that was basically it. But on April 16th which was a friday something happened that made authorities feel like lorenzo knew he was being followed the officers that were following him walked into the denny's restaurant at 1400 burlington street where lorenzo had gone with a female co-worker and the very next day lorenzo was arrested and charged with 10 counts of first degree murder so he wasn't arrested he was just charged like and booked okay for the murders and two counts of capital murder so 12 period. altogether. period he, And he, of course, pleaded not guilty. When police showed him pictures of the victims, he claimed he'd never, ever even seen them before. He said he felt bad for what they went through, but claimed that it just wasn't at his hands. He didn't do it. Boy, bye. Boy, bye. Apparently, there are more murders happening in the area, sister. So BTK in Wichita, Kansas, which I don't know how far that was away, but Missouri and Kansas are like neighbors. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was happening at the same time, but they didn't think it was involved. And then they were also finding sex workers in the Missouri River, like, which is a place that Lorenzo had taken one of his previous victims. Remember when he sexually assaulted the 13 year old, he took her Mm -hmm. to the Missouri River. Mm -hmm. So, but they didn't think that he had anything to do with it either. Yeah. According to the authorities that are fucking incompetent. So... Police conducted search warrants on Lorenzo's Kenwood Avenue home, which was actually pretty nice. He lived in like a single family home. He had multiple vehicles. He was living pretty well, which sucks. Mm -hmm. They found bras there. They found shoes, women's draws, audio tapes, videotapes, a safe. They found a lot of shit. Wow. Kayla, no fear. Just have the shit in his home. Just try the law. Why not, Kristen? Why not? Who's going to come and stop him? You know how many times this man has been in the face of a jury or a judge? He doesn't give a shit. And how many years he's gotten away with cold-blooded murder. Murder. Oh, 100%. So I'm not expecting any type of growth coming to Jesus moment at all. No type of secrecy. Nothing. No, 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 no. And with the overwhelming DNA evidence alone, prosecutors were confident that they had the right guy and they could get a conviction. Now it's time for the trial. So he'd only be charged for seven murders instead of all 12. Mm. Okay. 
they chose mm. the cases mm. that they had <laughs> you guys Kristen sees him i'm putting the pictures up if you're on patreon you'll see him too i mean he looks like a decrepit old man kayla i can see why he was getting off because if he, anybody's going based off of looks he doesn't look it his face looks like a dead man's fingerprint it <laughs> looks dusty dehydrated there you go why was that the realest thing you've ever said on Kristen. this entire podcast Kristen, a dead man's fingerprint like he did does. you think about that for a while no it just happened to me right now i saw it in my face in that his face i'm sorry <laughs> gold gold terrible thank you wow. sister. but yeah so they picked the cases that they felt they had the best chance of getting his ass on and one of the most convincing statements to be made was by a woman named Rehan Hill, who was Lorenzo's first wife. Mm-hmm. So she testified that the five years they were married were five years of torture for her. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, he's destroyed my life. Now it's crept back up. It's horrible. Wow. She said when they first met in high school, he was fun and charming. But all that changed once they got married. Quote, he beat me and raped me. He threatened me and said he'd kill me. He loves nice things, pretty things, but you can't use them. He made me live in one room, the bedroom, for five years. End quote. Thank the Lord she got out of that. See, if someone's like love bombing you a little too, too, too much, it doesn't hurt to hit up an ex and ask a couple questions. Period. It doesn't hurt to do your motherfucking homework. I'd rather be seen as crazy then buried somewhere you know what i'm saying disposed of lifeless yeah look for the signs if yeah. it's given this is too good to be true i mean don't be a pessimist but also right. just keep your eyes open because mm-hmm. time reveals all it sure does she even admitted that the relationship was so traumatic that she had to seek psychiatric help after she left I believe it. She was locked up. Locked she was fully up, traumatized. They won't let me out. He didn't. The prosecution presented DNA evidence that showed the presence of Lorenzo's semen in six of the victims. But the defense tried to argue that it meant nothing. It only suggested that they had consensual sex. Mm. With the man that looks like a dirty ass kneecap. Like a- but it's fine. <laughs> like one of Mr. Brown's kneecaps. There you go grease i mean lack of grease and all <laughs> ew uh, lorenzo <gasps> gilliard was found guilty on six out of the seven murder charges and in april 2007 almost 30 years to the day after sheila's murder a judge sentenced him to life in prison without parole bye he looks like he's slowly dying he reminds me of the sith lord in star wars the yeah. third one yeah. and as he reveals his sith stuff and he just mm-hmm. starts rotting away yep. and showing his true colors yeah his eyes is sunking in it's disgusting it's giving death it's giving grim reaper uh, yes kirsten it really is Prosecutors agreed not to go after the death penalty if Lorenzo agreed to do a a trial by judge instead of jury. Mm. So they were like, we're not trying to even risk him getting off again. Yeah. Lorenzo's attorney named Tom Jacquino, no one cares, said, quote, Mr. Gilliard to this day still maintains his innocence, though he certainly does empathize with the family. 
I just don't know how you lawyers do it. I was about to say, I hope they both go to hell holding each other's hands. <laughs> like, it's a part of the job for you to be shysty and evil and liars. How do you do it? It's in some people's natures. I truly believe that. Wow. Lorenzo could still face charges for the other six victims, which includes an Australian native that was in the States visiting, which is fucking crazy. But nothing has been done in regards to those cases since I've checked. Mm-hmm. Lorenzo did an interview with Pierce Morgan. We know it's his annoying ass. And I'm going to play a clip for you guys. Period. Always denied all this, despite the overwhelming evidence. Overwhelming evidence. DNA. DNA is pretty overwhelming. Okay. According to the police, okay. According to anyone that studies the DNA results. And who else did it? But the, uh, the Kansas City Police Department. Well, let me ask you this then. If it wasn't you, who else was it? I don't know. I don't know. You've, have you got any theories? No. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I truly don't know. The, the problem I have, Lorenzo, is that you go from being this charming, well-spoken, polite man to somebody very different very quickly. And so, so You go to somebody that I could imagine if he was angry and he was pushed enough, could be very dangerous. Okay, so what, what, what these women made me angry or pushed enough to do to make me hurt them? You tell me. I'm asking. I, they couldn't have done nothing. They couldn't have done nothing. Did they disrespect you? I don't know how they, I don't know how they could have disrespected me. I didn't know them. Yet your DNA was found all over their bodies. Okay. But you know that. All right. All over their bodies, come on. And I, I know that wasn't right. It was in the in their air, air sex area with uh, Sheila Engel. It was a spot on her leg. How did they get there? I don't know. You've never met her, you said? I never met her. I don't know. Uh, I, I just truly don't know. And what was your defense in court? I truly don't know. I was just there. You have no idea what your defense was? No. I read it. You were were charged with killing 13 women by strangulation, and you have no idea what your defense was. Do you think I'm an idiot, Lorenzo? Do I look an idiot to you? Can I go back? (laughs) Have a good day, y'all. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> he literally got up and walked out. I don't like I don't like Pierce, but I'm glad he was on his ass like that. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, Kayla, this man has to be one of the most manipulative best liars I've ever seen. He's a piece of shit. I don't know if he's a best liar. Maybe I'm saying that because I already know what he's done and capable of. But the vibe that I get is evil. Maniacal. But, duh, but that's manipulative. But- but the thing is, is like the fact that you can sit there and say, I truly don't know mm-hmm. and possibly convince a half a jury, which is why they didn't yep. want to go to trial by jury because yep. of him. Yep. That's I just I'm just incapable of understanding how someone is able to do that. And it's such a gift. But to use it in such a disgusting, horrible, life ending way is straight up evil. And there's nothing else other than that. Wow, I, I'm sick to my stomach. Yep. Maybe he went through some things when he was younger, but at the end of the day, we cannot 
excuse hurt people hurting people. It it doesn't make it right. Not when you've killed 13 plus people. Right. Even if you've killed one or two. It's not okay. No, it is not. So let us know what you guys thought about that clip. What the fuck? Pretty Beyond insane. Like that could have been somebody's granddaddy. Easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Thank God he's still in prison right now and he will be locked up until hopefully his last breath. So fingers crossed. Wow. That's our case. Good <laughs> Lord. Heavy. That one was crazy. And I hate I hate sexually assaults, sexual assault cases. Me too. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. And I was just like looking at him like, ugh, this man did that? Ew. Could you imagine seeing that face? Like, oh, it would traumatize me just the sight. Wow. Just well, sad. thanks for hanging in there with us, you guys. Yes, definitely. Thank you to the listener that requested this. Titi Wee, where did you get this? Horrific. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you guys enjoyed this episode and every other or any other episode that we've created, please rate us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you really can. It really helps push our content out to new listeners. And oh, yeah, we're going to be in fucking Dallas, August 26th through the 28th. You guys have to come see us during my birthday. So be there or be square. Yes, we're actually going to be doing a roundtable at the event. Kristen just learned about that right now with you guys. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited for you guys to see it. So True Crime Podcast Festival. (laughs) Be there or be square. Yay. All righty. Before we go. Be safe, (laughs) protect your peace, Mm -hmm. and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Bye, guys. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.